You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to the site now. Check out all the good stuff we have there for you, leading you into the NFL offseason. If you need to catch up on the draft, free agency, the release of the schedules, that's all up there here on Locked On Fantasy Football. We're going to plow through, continue looking at the top 100 half-point consensus PPR rankings according to Fantasy Pros, where they stand now at the end of May going into June. We've gotten through the top 100, so we broke that down into 25 per show, so four shows of that. Now we have to get four shows into the second 100 players on the rankings, so we're going to break it down, see what we like, see what we don't like, look across positions. If you missed any of the position-specific rankings episodes there... They're up here, those updates, uh, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end, as well as the previous look at the top 100. Now, let's focus on the second 100 here in a moment. But first, I do have to tell you that this episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked on sent you. All right, so we're up to 101, uh, which would uh, put us there in the ninth round there of a league here, as we know, 96 uh, takes us through eight rounds, so we're headed towards the 10th round here at 120 overall, so we'll get a good look at uh, that snapshot. Uh, we'll get into a mock draft later once we put all this together, so that'll be the next thing we examine here, a mock, and a look at that, how we want to look at it round by round. So that'll be fun to do here over the course of a uh, several shows as well. Devonta Smith is at 101. So the Eagles wide receiver, he's the first Eagles wide receiver on the list. Wide receiver 41, 101. So yeah, so we're being conservative with the Eagles passing game for sure. The highest ranked guy was Dallas Goddard there. He was the smack dab in the middle of the tight end one. So Devonta Smith, someone's going to step up and be a big time receiver. So you have Jalen Rieger there, Greg Ward to work the slot from last year. But not a lot else in this receiving core. And Zach Hurts being there cuts into it a little bit, but I don't think there's a real chemistry between Jalen Hurts and Zach Hurts yet. I think there's more Dallas Goddard there, but certainly there is an establishment between Smith and Hurts uh, having played together at Alabama there. So there's definitely some chemistry there that can build on. So I think this is rather low being a starting receiver for a pretty good offense with Nick Sirianni and Hurts in there. If Hurts is going to be ranked pretty high as a QB1, someone's going to have to come through with him behind uh, his uh, running more than that. So I'd say it's uh, Devonta Smith here, really interesting uh, ranking here outside of the wide receiver threes even. So that's where we stand here. We're going into wide receiver threes. We're deep into the running backs as well. Uh, we're looking at the RB fours here. If you're playing uh, two running backs and three wide receivers. At 102 is Joe Burrow. So Joe Burrow comes in as a QB one here in his second season. Not a surprise totally because of the weapons he has. I mean, we just saw his receivers all ranked as wide receiver threes there in our previous 
show. So we had uh, T. Higgins first, Jamar Chase next, and Tyler Boyd. I think it's going to be more uh, looking at Chase, Boyd, and Higgins when it's all said and done. But it doesn't matter. That means he has three very good weapons to throw to, starting with his uh, go-to guy, Chase, from LSU. So good situations here. So Smith related to Hurts and that previous relationship. Joe Burrow, two years ago, they just lit it up there, him and Chase. So Chase should be the number one. He got three weapons there. Joe Mixon back out of the backfield. CJ Uzuma, he had a pretty good connection with him at tight end. So there's a lot there that you like in uh, Joe Burrow. And Stephen's still a work in progress. Got a little bit better invested, but there's going to be some opportunities here to throw for garbage in there. That's what we look at. One of three is very interesting. He's RB41 on the board, so really deep flex and looking for high-end backups or complimentary. Well, Tony Pollard, so... The industry is really thinking, based on Ezekiel Elliott dropping him back into a lower-tier RB1, that this could be a changing of the guard slowly for Dallas. I don't think they're going to just suddenly go away from Zeke. He has been the workhorse, and he's going to be helped a lot by the offensive line being held here and the passing game being legitimate. But Pollard showed something, certainly. As Elliott kind of slowed down without the help of the passing game, he showed a little bit of burst. I think he's earned himself some more touches here behind Elliott. So, one of three... Is very intriguing that he's that high. I mean, he's not a traditional handcuff. I think he's going to get more usage than we think. And it's really telling because of the guy right behind him at 104. That's Gus Edwards of the Ravens. So we know J.K. Dobbins in position to take over the main role here. Mark Ingram is gone. He's in Houston. So it's now down to two backs. You pretty much know that Dobbins has full trust from last year, the end of last year. Edwards, they love a lot. He's a power back, but... Certainly, if you've got Elliott, you've got to get Pollard, and you got to invest a high pick in them. And you have to do it as well if you get Dobbins. So two Ohio State guys starting in good positions to run very frequently here and produce, but these guys are very valuable behind them, especially Edwards. I think Edwards has a little bit more standalone value than Pollard, but Pollard has so much upside there if Elliott continues to break down and could be usable in uh, kind of a pass-catching situation, half-point PPR. Edwards is not going to give you anything in the receiving game, but he's a high-end backup, and he could be involved quite a bit with Dobbins here in 2021. The next guy is very interesting, Matthew Stafford. We talked about him. He was around QB20. He was buried as a QB2 last year with the Lions. So you had Jared Goff. He was around a QB2. They're about the same there. They're scoring from last year. But Stafford gets elevated to a QB1 again, and we've seen it before. I think people really high on Stafford for many reasons. They expect him to come through in the Sean McVay era. He's got the receivers, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson in for a big year. They drafted two other younger receivers there to get some help. He's got a decent tight end situation, good pass catching back in Cam Akers. So all the things point there. I think the one downside is that the Rams' defense is still going to be the backbone of their team. They're going to run a lot. So I don't see necessarily a high volume here for the Rams to justify that. So that's the thing. Stafford could have a very good reality year, but it may not translate to what we've used to been used to in Detroit with the garbage passing, fourth quarter lead comebacks and padding stats there with the 4,000 yards and all that. So I think for him to be the last QB, I'm not going to go there. I think I'm going to look elsewhere for some depth if I can find it and maybe wait even longer at quarterback. All right, number 106, we're in now Tier 8, I should say. We're cl closing up Tier 8, so we just have a few more players to go. We'll stop there. So there's a drop-off there after we get to number 109. We're at 106, we have Mike Gusecki. He clocks in as tight end 11 overall. So interesting, Stafford, Gusecki. 
Gusecki's another guy I'm not feeling as much because you add Jalen Waddle, you add Will Fuller, so you add some targets there, Devontae Parker. So Gusecki was fortunate there. Preston Williams wasn't healthy. They had a bunch of other guys like Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant. It's not a lot of reliable pass catchers. Gusecki in the Channing Gailey offense was pretty much acting as a slot receiver default because they didn't really have one there. So all those said in mind, I mean, Waddle could play the slot, Parker and Fuller on the outside, so lesser of a chance for Gusecki. So, again, we've talked about this, but I, I think this is a pretty high investment for Gusecki. I think I'm going to continue to wait at tight end like I would wait at quarterback and not go at Stafford there at 105. I'm not doing that with Gusecki at tight end at 106. Let's look at 107. RB43 on the board is Trey Sermon of the 49ers. Now, we scroll up. Raheem Mostert told you he was dropping quickly as an RB2. He was 64, so he was actually an RB3 in the rankings. So right now that's his standings. Uh, RB28 on the board there at 64. Uh, that would put him there in the sixth round, where you wait down here, you're looking at the ninth round for the value of Trey Sermon. So it's all about the value, all about who you think is going to be better return on investment. Trey Sermon certainly fits that profile, I think, a little bit more than one Raheem Mostert, because Sermon could have a big role. He's the type of back they really like. Mostert can't stay healthy. So pretty much over for Jeff Wilson. Everyone thinks that Sermon is going to be the guy that's potential to step in big, and he could be a league winner. That's the type of uh, running back Sermon could be in that excellent 49er system. Naeem Hines is interesting. He's RB44 now. People always try to get value out of these receiving backs, especially in half-point and full-point PPR. But, again, it's what you want. Do you want some complimentary guy to get you a few points in a flex if you're desperate in deeper leagues? Or do you want some guy that uh, can step in and be a starter and be big time? I don't see any situation where Hines is going to fill in full-time for Jonathan Taylor. you got Marlon Mack there. you got Jordan Wilkins still hanging on, but Marlon Mack would be the power back. I don't think Hines' role changes beyond that receiving role very much. So again, it's like the James Whites of the world. You try to force them into some production, and it's okay in certain formats with flex, but I'd rather have the guy like Sermon that uh, can be a lottery ticket home run winner at this stage in the draft, especially in running back. The last player we'll talk about in this segment as we dive into the QB2s here. In deeper leagues, he's still a QB1 if you go to 14. That's Ryan Tannehill, 109. And Tannehill should be on the way down. He was a QB1 last year, but again, lost a lot of targets here. Jonah Smith, also uh, no Corey Davis. So we'll see how the new receivers, Josh Reynolds and Des Fitzpatrick, come in. Maybe Julio Jones will come in there, and then that will change the way we look at Tannehill there if that trade happens. Obviously, he'll get a few bumps up here going forward. So, yeah, Tannehill... 109 ends tier number 8 here on Fantasy Pros. We'll get to the rest of our uh, look at 101 to 125 here in our final two segments, but I do have to tell you, with ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. While you do often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the cameraman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand is Warehouse 7 Scary. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home in your pocket. At rockauto.com, you'll find a catalog that's Unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specification. Most important and most appealing, the prices you prefer. They have everything from engine control models and brake engine parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether you're the classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a fusy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, as I mentioned, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available to save on your car or truck. Right locked on there, how did you hear about this box so they know that we sent you. 
Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. You can find them at rockauto.com. We'll be right back here to continue our look, our latest look at the Half Point PPR Top 200 Rankings 101 to 125. All right, welcome into the next wave of players we'll talk about. We're at Tier 9 here, so we ended up with our penultimate tight end 1 in 12-team leagues of Mike Gusecki. At 110 on the list is Irv Smith Jr. of the Vikings. Now, there's a lot to like about Irv Smith. Kyle Rudolph is gone. They just have Tyler Conklin and their rookie there, Zach Davidson. So let's look at Irv Smith. I mean, this is a team that uses a lot of two tight end sets. They don't use a lot of three receivers. They don't have a lot of depth there at that position. Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson did. So you need to keep third target. Smith flashed a little bit when Kyle Rudolph was hurt and showing his age. Last year, Rudolph is now with the Giants. So Irv Smith has an opportunity here. So I'd much rather have Irv Smith than Mike Gusecki here at this range. So if the rankings hold up there, that's where I'm going to try to play and find some tight end value here in uh, essentially what you're claiming to be uh, the 10th round coming up here of your fantasy football draft. The next player on the list is uh, Latavius Murray. He comes in at 111 overall, RB45. This is half-point PPR, so Murray doesn't really catch a lot of passes, but he seems to be better. If you look at the splits on the road, the Saints tend to be more run-heavy. They should be a little bit more run-oriented in general with no Drew Brees to support Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill. Murray's an excellent handcuff here to Alvin Kamara. Kamara was banged up a couple years ago. He was very valuable in that sense. Kamara was fully healthy last year, so Murray had a little bit of lim- the standalone value, but again, he's kind of that crossover where he has a little bit of value in certain games and certain matchups if you're stuck in the flex, but you also know he's a very high-end handcuff if something should happen to Kamara. So it's a little bit of win-win situation for a stash like Latavius Murray. That's why I like to have those type of players on my team at this range in uh, the rankings and draft. The next guy is very similar. It's Jamal Williams. He's number 46. He's no longer behind Aaron Jones in Green Bay. He's now behind DeAndre Swift in Detroit to we talked about them having a few options here to uh, kind of complement what Swift does, but Jamal Williams is just a good complete back. We saw it behind Aaron Jones. I think Jones and Swift are very similar, so Lions are probably going to copycat that situation. So a good handcuff here, again, could have some standalone value. We'll see if they go a little bit committee. We've seen a little bit with Anthony Lynn in Los Angeles with Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon. We'll see if they play to that a little bit, and Jamal Williams would have a little bit more value then than just as a backup. The next receiver that shows up is at number 113 overall. He's wide receiver 42, so we went away from uh, wide receivers for a bit here. Uh, there, I mean, pretty much we talked about uh, Devonta Smith at 101. This is the next receiver after that in the rankings from 101 to 125. We talked about Will Fuller. I think he's a little bit higher ranked here at 85, wide receiver 33. He's a wide receiver three. So one of these guys I think will emerge as a wide receiver two or three. I would say it could be Parker. It also could be Jalen Waddle. So with these teams that we're not sure with the receivers bunched together, I'm going to look for the best value of the three. Right now, Fuller is not it with his injury history. I know he can produce, but I more trust uh, Waddle or Parker to be a bigger factor here more. So surprising there. I get it. Fuller is a wide receiver one when he plays, but that's a problem. He doesn't play consistently. Parker is a pretty good value, I think, at 113. This is another good value, 114, Corey Davis, wide receiver 43. Now, Corey Davis is legitimately good. I mean, he was a wide receiver three last year. It took a while from Western Michigan for him to transition and be valuable for the Titans, but 
certainly came on a little strong last year. So we're looking at uh, Davis being the, basically the number one here for Zach Wilson. I think that's a bit of concern of Wilson being the receiver. But they do have some other targets where they aggressively went out to get Davis. He profiles as number one, big body, can go up and get the ball. They don't really have reliable tight ends between Ryan Griffin and Chris Herndon. So Corey Davis can be a security blanket in that way. So I think he should be more of a wide receiver three, much like Parker ahead of him at 113, 114. So some values here certainly you can exploit at wide receiver in this stage of the rankings and draft. 115 is our QB 14. So if you're in a deeper league, Matt Ryan would be the last QB one. He would be a high-end QB two in a lot of other leagues. But we can see Matt Ryan's value going down even more. I mean, it's going down a little bit because it seems pretty clear Julio Jones is gone. That's going to take a big chunk of his book playability. Kyle Pitts right now would say Matt Ryan has some upside if it's Ridley, Pitts, and Julio Jones. But with Jones out of there, then you basically lose those targets. You replace them with Pitts. Hayden Hurst having a lesser role here. You got some other just kind of journeyman guys, Olamide Zacchaeus, uh, Justin, uh, looking at Russell Gage, I should say, and uh, Christian Blake, just these other guys that are just guys at wide receiver. So, again, it would hurt. I mean, the touchdowns would be fine with between Pitts and Ridley, but the yardage and big playability for Matt Ryan on a offensive coordinator slash coach who's going to think about running the ball more. Yeah, Matt Ryan, his stock is slowly plummeting here overall in the rankings. The next guy that uh, I'll bring up is Marquise Brown, another one of those wide receivers, 44. I think people look at Sammy Watkins coming in, and there are two draft picks. They also have James Prochet, Devin DuVernay, a lot of uh, weird depth at the position, Miles Boykin. They also drafted two more receivers here in uh, Rashad Bateman, Tyler Wallace. So, And Marquise Brown, a little low to me. I think between Brown and Watkins being the veteran starters here, I feel a little bit more comfortable with Brown. I think all these other guys set up Brown a little bit better to go downfield. So, again, we want some consistency. Marquise is boomer bust with a big play, big games that way, or just uh, irrelevant, and that's what we're concerned about with Marquise Brown. The next guy at 117, we get into the tight end twos here with Tyler Higby. We're not sure what to think of Tyler Higby. You do have some other guys there, Johnny Munt. You have uh, Bryson Hopkins. you got some options there for the Rams that could step in and uh, make this two tight end sets. You also have good depth of wide receiver. We're not sure about the Stafford Higby. So we're, we're just not quite comfortable with Higby, even though uh, Gerald Everett is no longer in Los Angeles, moving on to Seattle. That's why he's kind of like on the defense ranking here at tight end. So Irv Smith, again, still looks a lot more appealing in this range for sure at tight end. The next guy we'll, and last guy we'll talk about in the segment is 118, is LaVisca Cheneau Jr. So we'll see how this plays out. DJ Chark may be undervalued. I think it's silly just to say it's a rookie quarterback and we're going to drop people. I mean, if you'd done that with uh, Keenan Allen and we thought maybe going in the season last year was Tyrod Taylor, you'd be disappointed because of the way that Herbert played with him. So, again, don't downgrade the guy just because he's with the rookie and the rookie is as talented as Trevor Lawrence. He's going to be fine. So, Again, Cheneau, I think, is it's going to be a long shot here, especially with Marvin Jones there to take targets as well after uh, Chark. But Chark, it makes me feel better about him bumping him up from wide receiver three to wide receiver two. All right, so there is a look all the way through number 118. We do need to break down 119s or 125 in our final segment. I do have to also remind you that Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. 
NFL is over, but baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action and bet online. Get all the latest news and odds and info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch in MLB, head over to the bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonus, and content information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game as teams continue to roll through the playoffs in the NBA and NHL, and uh, baseball season heats up toward the All-Star break. And you'll also have those uh, fun NFL like futures and prop bets you can check out as well. All you have to do to get in on the action is head to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, website or mobile device, uh, go to BetOnline, and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is enter the promo code Locked On. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We'll be right back here to wrap up the show with our final look at the top players all the way through 125 in the half-point consensus PPR rankings. All right, we continue with 119. This wide receiver run continues here. We started early with uh, Devonta Smith at 101. Uh, since him going off the board, it's been Devonta Parker at 113, Corey Davis at 114, Marquise Brown at 116, LaVisca Cheneau at 118, Michael Gallup comes in at 119, wide receiver 46 on the board, so deep wide receiver fours. I agree with this. I don't like the targeting there with uh, the presences of Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. I feel like you also have a bigger role from the tight end Blake Jarwin. You have Dalton Schultz, maybe some more two tight end sets here that they deploy the uh, backfield. Gallup is the big play threat, but they do have some options there at that third receiver. Again, Gallup probably not going to be re-signed here to a contract. Just too much here between the first round status of the Lamb and the contract of Cooper. So maybe a walk year. So Gallup might want to prove himself in that way, but could be limited just being as the third option for Dallas. 120 is Tariq Cohen, a hard guy to rank right now. You have uh, some options there uh, in the draft. Uh, the Bears got a little bit of depth behind David Montgomery. You also have Damian Williams coming over. He played with Matt Nagy there at one point in Kansas City. So you look at uh, Williams coming from a similar type offense. I think he's going to be a valuable swing back up again to David Montgomery. But Tariq Cohen, we'll see what his role is exactly. We know he's been a bit of a hybrid wide receiver, but... You do have another guy in there, Daz Newsom, on top of Anthony Miller that could help in the middle of the field between Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney. So Cohen comes to a different style of offense because Mooney wasn't thing last year. A-Rob wasn't settled there. Now, Miller has a little bit of help with Newsom. So we'll see what his role is going to be. A little bit more depth in the backfield as well behind Montgomery. It's not just a, a Ryan Nall type here. So let's see how it goes with uh, Tariq Cohen, but yeah, I think people are just very careful. He has obviously a lot more value in half-point or full-point PPR than standard, where I think he is borderline undraftable or not in the top 200 uh, if he doesn't have a receiving role. At 121 is Daryl Henderson. Pretty much he's your RB4, last one on the board at uh, RB48 at 121. So if you look at Cohen versus Henderson, with Cohen we're not sure of the role is. Henderson, we're pretty clear he's going to be the top backup here to Cam Akers, Malcolm Brown is gone. They do have a little depth in the backfield, but again, Daryl Henderson probably more of a uh, just straight-up backup here. They didn't really go kind of committee approach when they had Todd Gurley in his prime with Cam Akers in his prime. I think Akers is going to be mainly the full-time guy. So Henderson doesn't have any real standalone value, I don't think. But they're definitely a valuable backup. that uh, One of those league winner types like Trey Sermon if the starter gets hurt. 
Next is 122. I'm not hot on this player either. Tight end 14. I think you can do a little bit better, including uh, the duos that we'll talk about uh, for the Patriots. But when you look at uh, Evan Ingram, he's with Kyle Rudolph. That doesn't help. The receiving core is deeper. That doesn't help. Ingram can't stay healthy. That's one thing you have to consider. So, yeah, a little bit underrated. 122 is Evan Ingram. 123 is an interesting player, is Antonio Brown. So he's fully locked and loaded. He passed his physical. So he's the first wide receiver there before we get to rounding out the wide receiver four. So when you look at that, I mean, he was basically a wide receiver three last year. If you doubled up his production from playing half the season with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Tom Brady, you would have got that. Is he going to duplicate that? It's going to be hard with uh, now O.J. Howard back in the mix with Rob Gronkowski. There's a lot of mounds to feed there, so you have to be careful with Brown, but I think he can be a very valuable wide receiver for, and that's a pretty good value for him at 123. We talked about the Patriots duo here. Jonas Smith is 124. We'll look a little ahead and tell you that Hunter Henry is 128, so we're not sure what to do with these two guys. They probably split the difference here with their production because they're both pretty good receivers. They're probably going to use a lot of 12 personnel and two tight end sets, but it's a shame because Jonas Smith and Hunter Henry stand alone. If they were in different spots, it would have been a little bit better, but now, Jonah is the better one, and they pay a little bit more, even though they signed him for lesser here. I think Jonah is the better all-around tight end than Hunter Henry. At this point, it's pretty close, and Jonah, I think, is just a more dynamic receiver. So, it's pretty close. I'm not sure if I'm interested in a committee tight end for my value here, but definitely not a bad stash as a tight end to either one of these guys. And rounding out our top 125 is Michael Pittman Jr. This is a player that I'm watching for very carefully in drafts. I mean, this is very conservative for me. He's wide receiver four, the last one on the board. When you look at it, wide receiver 48, 125. Michael Pittman, there's a developing chemistry between him and Carson Wentz. Remember, Carson Wentz could have went after the number 11, but he wanted the two. That was his original number. So guess who wears number 11 for the Colts? It's Michael Pittman. So... Pittman, I think, is their best returning receiver. T.Y. Hilton fading with his age. Zach Pascal is just a guy. Parrish Campbell coming off a major knee injury. He hasn't really established himself yet. Pittman, we saw what he can do in that Tennessee game on Thursday night. If he's healthy and out there, just one of those nice receivers from USC that is physical, can work in the middle of the field, a little bit of Juju Smith-Schuster juice in him from his younger days there with the Steelers. So, yeah, I do like Pittman a lot. I think he's very undervalued here, and he's a player that we should watch to rise here at some point from 125. All right, so we're through now 125. We still need to get through uh, 75 more players as we're looking at the top 200 fantasy pros taking a deep dive, why certain players are ranked where across their positions uh, versus others at their position and others just at other positions. So, we're trying to break that down in full for you. We've got to know where we are with the rankings to know where we're going here on Locked On Fantasy Football. Another show you have to check out on this network is Locked On Today. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Burkowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us there as well. We're Locked On Fantasy Football. L-O-F-F goes through the offseason here giving the insight and information that you need to stay on top of uh, fantasy football as we transition to August, September draft time. So we'll be here all summer. We might abbreviate it a little bit with our content, but we'll keep bringing it to you every week here. That's what we do on the Lockdown Network, especially Lockdown Fantasy Football. For Lockdown Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great day, and uh, see you tomorrow as we close the week, looking at our rankings 126 to 150.